0: A dog and an elephant both got pregnant on the same day. And it wasn't long before the dog, a few months later, gave birth to a whole litter of pups. It was after three months. A few months later, the dog gets pregnant again, gives birth to another whole litter of pups. After 18 months, the dog says to the elephant, hey, I thought we got pregnant on the same day. What's going on with you? I've already given birth to a dozen pups. Some have grown into big dogs. You've produced nothing. What's the go? The elephant says to the dog, it's a talking elephant, (laughs) there's something you need to understand. I'm not carrying a bunch of puppies, I'm carrying an elephant. When I release what I'm carrying, the earth will feel its impact. What I'm carrying is so powerful. When my baby crosses the road, people are gonna stand and look in awe and amazement. (laughs) Say to the person next to you, hi elephant. Moses was carrying something in the wilderness for 40 years. He was carrying something weighty, an elephant if you like, an ability to change a nation. He was carrying it for 40 years. He was pregnant, but you would never know it. He had little to show for it. There are people sitting here today have been carrying something from God for decades. There's not a lot to show for it. But the time is coming when people will see because with Moses, suddenly there's the burning bush experience and he brings to birth and delivers an entire nation. Church Unlimited, you, me, all of us, many of us have been carrying something powerful for a long, long time and I know I have been for over 40 years. But right now, we are giving birth. And the community, the nation and the nations will continue to feel the impact of it. Right. New Zealand and beyond, doubling in size last year, moving to the trust arena, is one aspect, key aspect of the birthing that we are seeing take place. The acceleration of expansion from two to six campuses. The elephant is giving birth, new era of conquest, and nations will feel the impact. There was a recent word given by a prophet to Church Unlimited, and he said this. took me a little bit by surprise, but I already knew it was true. And he said, Church Unlimited carries a nation-shaking anointing. I'd never quite put it in those words. He said, you're already shaking the nation, but in the days to come, that will increasingly be obvious, and the momentum of shaking will begin to touch other nations, like Tuvalu, when I met with the Tuvalu team, I was invited to go and speak to them. It was during a prayer meeting. And initially, when I was asked to guy, I said, no, I've just got back from Pakistan, I'm tired, I'm busy, I-, I won't come. But as I went back into our Thursday night prayer meeting, God spoke to me about Tuvalu. And I thought, oh, okay, God, you're speaking, I better go and tell them what you're saying. So I went into the meeting, it was just up in the creche there. And I just began to share with them what God spoke to me. And what he had said to me is that, this team, team, you need to understand the impact you're going to have in Tevalu is way beyond what you have thought or imagined, and that there is a nation-shaking anointing. And as I said those words, it's like I can't... The only way I can put it is like we had a, a, something of a visitation of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God just came upon me, and I just couldn't get the words out as I felt the heart of God, and I felt God say to me, Tark, I've been waiting a long time for a prayer team like this to arise and to go and pray into a nation. And as the Spirit was moving upon us, it was a, I was deeply impacted. And I know emails that I got from the team afterwards, that they were also, there was tears flowed after I left as they realized the enormity of what God was saying and how He had chosen them to work through. It was an amazing experience. You can't create these encounters with God. It was a moment. But I also knew there God was confirming that Church Unlimited has a nation-shaking anointing. And we will reach Tuvalu for Jesus. This nation will be saved. There's only 10,000 people in that nation. Second smallest nation in the world, next to the Vatican. We thought we'd leave the Vatican with the Pope, but we're going after the next one. 10,000 people, all right? And they're mostly Methodists. They mostly go to church. It just takes the dove of heaven, the breath of the, the Spirit to come on that nation. It will turn to Jesus. And then we'll be able to travel around the world and say, we have taken a nation for Jesus. We may not tell them which nation it is and how small it is, but that doesn't matter. But that will be the first. You know, if you're going to be a nation-taking church, isn't it cool to start in a place that's actually doable? If God said, okay, Russia, (laughs) I think, thank you, Lord Jesus, we'll pass that anointing to someone else. But Tuvalu, God's going to help us to do it. Isaiah 40, verse 15. Behold, the nations are as a drop in the bucket. They are counted as small dust on the scales. Look, he lifts up the aisles as a very little thing. In one of my great visitations of God in the, in the 90s, I remember being in the back of a, a car. There's five of us there. I was sitting on the left-hand side. You remember these moments of encounter with God. Spirit of God comes upon me, and the Lord says to me, Tark, you need to understand something. He said, I can save a nation like that. Just like that. I can save another. In a moment, I can save a nation. Then he began to give me these scriptures like the one I've just read to you. Do you know God is awesome? You know, God created the world in a moment. He can save a nation in a moment. This is not beyond the power of our God. See, see, we, you know, we can talk like this and it can sound high and mighty, but friends, we're not going to do it. God's going to do it. What we're saying is God can save a nation. He's just decided he wants to work through us in this particular case. But he'll use other places, other churches for other places, I guess. Isaiah 60, 22, a little one shall become a thousand. And a small one, a strong nation, I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. So why is God raising up New Zealand and God? Why did it suddenly double and we go into the trust arena? Like, why is the hand of God on? Let me tell you one reason. is our communities and our nation are in free fall. Lives are being destroyed all around us. You know young people, older people with drugs and alcohol and sexual abuse and, and violence and rape and, and suicide. Do you know that in the last 24 hours in West Auckland alone there have been two murders? And we got a text came through from the next door, one of our congregation, it's their next door neighbor that's just been murdered. Friends, our, our community is in a serious condition and it's deteriorating and getting worse and worse and worse. Friends, and someone somewhere has to stand up and and take a stand and say, I've seen enough of this nonsense. I've seen enough of the devil running havoc in our community, our nation, and the nations, and I will do something about it. You see, the problem with one of our problems that we have, a stronghold of New Zealand, is this word apathy. Apathy, she'll be right, mate. Friends, it's not right. We're in trouble. Is anybody with me on this? Do you understand some church somewhere has to stand up and be counted and say, we are going to do what we can in our power to make a difference and change our communities for Jesus. The Bible says, Christ in you, the hope. You are the hope. You're the hope of your neighbors. Hey, it could have been your neighbor that was murdered last night. You are the hope. We're the hope of the world, friends. If we sit back and do nothing, gosh, no one else can do it. The politicians aren't going to change our nation. The the, the billionaires aren't going to change our nation. The, 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 The top leaders aren't going to change the nation. Friends, the church, you and me, we're the answer. We're the hope, and God is counting on us and depending on us. Yeah. And hey, I for one, I've said to God, okay, you're looking for people who are going to try and make a difference, who pay a price for it? I said, God, count me in. Yeah. I put my hand up. Yeah. God, I will do something. Yeah. I will not stand back and watch yeah. the devil run over this nation. That's, right. mm-hmm. That's why God's raised up New Zealand and beyond. Because I think heaven looks down and says, I've seen enough of this rubbish in what was once God's own land. Right. Nation no one is almost a Christian nation, friends. We're a mission field now, maybe four percent born again. India they reckon is about eight percent. Just being overrun. It's almost like the missions are coming from the east now to the west. It used to be west to the east, but now it's east to the west. When God the Father and Jesus looked down from heaven they saw the devastation of the Garden of Eden that they had once created, the heaven on earth. And they saw the the evil and the wickedness and the pain and the suffering and the the sorrow and the heartache and the broken lives and broken homes and broken marriages and broken families. looked down and he saw that. He was moved with compassion. His heart was broken and it incredible cost and sacrifice that we won't understand this side of eternity even if we understand it in eternity. The Father sends God Himself in the form of Jesus Christ, the sinless one, to come to this sin-infested world. Purity meets impurity. Holiness meets vileness. He's spat upon, he's ridiculed, he's laughed at, he's scorned, he's mocked. But he won't be deterred from his mission on the planet, which was to go to the cross of Calvary. And even as he's mocked every step of the way, even if he's spat on every step of the way, he would not be deflected, friends, because he had you in mind, because he had your name written on his heart. He saw your destiny was going to be hell. And so he said, no, I will go all the way. And a supreme price was paid to rescue this broken and lost world. But my point is this. The Father and the Son could not stand back and do nothing. And friends, you and I cannot stand back and do nothing. We've got to get up and we've got to go and we've got to tell people about Jesus. We've got to pray. And if it costs us, so be it. If it costs you time, taking some annual leave to come to conference, it costs you a few dollars to register. It costs you your gifts. It costs you energy. It costs you sacrifice to do what God wants. So be it, friends. This gospel, this message of salvation was born out of sacrifice. That's the power behind the gospel. And we've got to restore that truth, friends, to the church of Jesus Christ today. That it involves sacrifice if we're going to make a difference in this world. Apologies for the emotion. New Zealand and beyond is... Changed so many lives. People have encountered God. Hearts have been awakened. Passion has been renewed. Bodies have been healed. David Peters has given us a prophetic word for next year's conference. He said there's going to be the upper room effect. Come with me to Acts chapter 1 and let's have a look at what the upper room effect actually means. What it's going to look like. 13, Acts 1, 13. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. Peter, James, John. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the woman and Mary and mother of Jesus and with his brother. So here they are in the upper room. The upper room effect is chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Who's ready for a sound from heaven? The sound of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were seated. And then we go down to chapter 2 and verse 1. Uh, sorry, uh, we go to verse 17. It says, And it shall come to pass in the trust arena that I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. The reason I put trust arena there, friends, is this happened in the day of Pentecost way back thousands of years ago, but that's no good to me. Friends, we've got to localize it. I need it today. I need it in my generation. I need it in my hour. I need it in my community. I need it in my, in my nation. I need the upper room of spec and a, a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. Yeah. And then what happens? Let's go to verse 41. And those who gladly received the word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added. Wow, 3,000 saved. You can just turn me off for a moment, team. Did you turn it off? (laughs) (laughs) They can't edit it for you, so sorry you had to suffer through that. But hey, this is born on sacrifice, isn't it? So that's not too much to ask. I do feel that the Holy Spirit has said to me, Tuck, there will be a move of my spirit at New Zealand Beyond 17. I don't know how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, where it's going to happen. But it is going to happen. God is going to move and touch and change and transform lives. You really do not want to miss that. The upper room effect was when people had encounters with God, moments with God that changed their lives. And then the gospel went across the nation and the nations. They turned the world upside. started with an upper room effect. Of course, what God had already said to us is that New Zealand will be, on, will be the epicenter of a spiritual awakening. Wow, a spiritual awakening is what we're going to see at conference this coming year. Another wonderful reason to be a part of New Zealand and beyond is that it helps to gather and unify the body of Christ. How many of you love the body of Christ coming together? Isn't that a fantastic thing? It's not about one church, it's about the church, (laughs) all the churches. And with the, the upper room effect came... You know when it came and God poured out a spirit? It came when they were from many places in one accord yeah. and in one place. Yeah. And that's New Zealand and beyond. We're going to be in one place, in one accord, from many places coming. From overseas, they're going to come this year. I know that. Some have already registered for it. And they're going to come together and we're going to have the upper room effect. You know, tonight we've got here at the West Campus, we've got all the West Auckland churches or many of them coming together to pray for our community, pray for our nation, pray for the nations. And that's going to be, that's a fantastic thing. We played a big role in the As One gathering of thousands. That was in the Trust Arena a few years ago. You know, I've been invited to speak at the Easter Fest, which is the churches of Taupo are going to be coming together. They're going to be getting together. And they've asked me if I, I would speak to them on, that, on the Sunday night. And they said, uh, they said, you are known for unity in the body. And I thought, am I? I didn't know I was known for that, but hey, I want to be known for that. So that opportunity to do that, again, the body of Christ coming together. But also, up in Pakistan, when um, 1,200 pastors and leaders, but what you didn't know is that gathered there in that national conference were 133 different denominations and ministries coming together in one place, and we had something of an upper room effect as the Spirit of God is poured out. So why don't you check out this clip on Pakistan and beyond. This is your conference that you paid for. That's your conference. That's your fruit. You are a missionary to Pakistan. When you get and stand before God, there'll be huge rewards you, for your ministry in Pakistan, because some of those pastors are going to go out, they're going to see hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands say, it's going to come back to the fact that you had this conference in Pakistan, so it's just wonderful, friends. But in June, July 2018, not next year, the year after, we're going to have our very first United Kingdom and Beyond conference. I'm glad that you clapped because I need 50 of you to come with me on mission to England 2018 to help run this conference. And so uh, you've got 20 months to start saving now. A lot of you have got relatives over in England that you should have visited before now anyway. And so we're just going to give you the opportunity, so 50 people, all right, when I asked in the city church, the hands went up, they're going to come, (laughs) we'll get them, so you better be in quick, because we may have to cap the number of people we can take, but start saving up, it will be, and then have a holiday over there, you know, do the conference for three or four days, and then have half a day's holiday, and get back for Sunday service here (laughs) the next day, all right, it's going to be fantastic, honestly, it's going to be just so, so good, so please do come, Um, You know, the elephant is bringing to birth, and the nations will feel its impact. We've carried this baby a long, long time, church, a long time, and it's going to be powerful. You know, elephants are huge, and so is 5,600 people in the trust arena. But what I have never told you folks is that every so often, I actually call my wife an elephant. (laughs) Yeah, I say, hi, elephant. How's it going? Usually I end up with a black eye, but it's, it's worth it. But she gets upset, but then I have to explain why I call her an elephant. The reason is she has a very good memory and elephants never forget. That's actually true, you may not have known that about an elephant, so yeah, if you've got someone, are you married to someone who's got a good memory and they can tell you what you did 15 years ago on a certain day in a certain place? <laughs> Just say, thank you, elephant, for reminding me I needed to know that. <laughs> Moving along. <laughs> I just lost my curry for the next three weeks, so I just. <laughs> but there's plenty of love people here who love me so much, so, just bring on the curries. Thank you, Salah. Appreciate that. Thank you, Annie. <clears throat> thank you, Sharon. Really appreciate the, your love that you show me. <laughs> New Zealand and beyond is obedience. It's actually obedience for you and for me because God has called Church Unlimited to host this conference, Born in the Heart of God. He said, Taka, I want Church Unlimited to have this conference to help reach New Zealand and the nations because it's in so much trouble. So I have no option. We have no option but to run this conference. It's a, an act of obedience, and obedience is better than sacrifice. And so we need, to, we need to obey God, and as we obey God, it's a massive call from God. I mean, it's a humongous call. It's bigger than us, but hey, isn't it time to live for something bigger than yourself? Yeah. You know, that's beyond ourselves. And You know, so often we, we want messages that deal with the, my, my heart needs. Yeah. You know, I, I've got need for financial, and I've got need for breakthrough, and I've got need for my marriage and my finances and this, that, and the other. And that's good, and we, and, and we do focus on that a lot of the time. But what about every so often we just turn the tables and just think about the heart of God, and the needs of His heart for this broken world. You know, I think when we connect with the heart of God, God starts doing amazing things in our lives. One of the fantastic things about New Zealand Beyond is that it's an opportunity to model and promote prayer, which is the greatest key to revival. Um, Mark eleven seventeen, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. For a large national conference to include prayer, a prayer session, it's very, very unusual. But to take nations, to talk about taking nations, revival without strong prayer is just a fantasy. Not going to happen. That's why we're going to take Tuvalu. God has raised up not a preaching team, not a worship team, but what? A prayer team to go in to uh, take Tuvalu. And he's saying to us that's the key to reaching a nation. My house shall be a house of prayer for what? For all nations. And so we're called by God to promote prayer in our nations. And um, I've been invited to speak at the New Wine conferences early next year in Capitee and in Walkworth. And what they've asked me, they said, "Will you come and lead our conference in a prayer session?" And so there'll be Presbyterians there, and Anglicans there, and Baptists there, and all different denominations, people that we never reach. And I'm going to preach on prayer, then lead in a prayer session, and are going to give me a whole morning to do this. But friends, what an opportunity to promote prayer in our nation. And it's just a wonderful Then There's a prayer breakfast that we're going to have a session in again to promote prayer among churches and leaders in our, in our, in our country. And then I've been asked in a, in a while to speak at the Baptist conference. And they said, would you come talk? We want you to focus on prayer and on reaching community and lost people. Friends, this is getting traction. You know, God's God's moving on this thing that we've been talking about, talking about prayer and nation. And God's opening doors all over the place. When you capture the heart of God, guess what? The doors open wide for God to get your influence to go out there more and more. And so I can't think of anything more important than raising up prayer in our nation. Because that's the hope of this nation, is a praying church. God will turn the nation around. So we want to encourage you to come and be a part of it. And one of the reasons why... You might say, well, why do you you need me there? I'll tell you the reason we need you there. You see, the speakers are just a carrot to get people to come. We carry the DNA that can change this nation. So you carry the DNA that can change this nation. And when you come, you impart to pastors, leaders, other Christians in our country, you impart to them prayer. You impart to them to worship. You impart a, a love for souls. You impart a passion for nations. You, you, you impart a, 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 a love for the Holy Spirit and for the Word of God. You impart that, friends, that's the essential ingredients to bring a revival to a community, nation, and nations. And so that's why your presence is just so vital and so important to our conference. So we're gonna be having a Church Unlimited campus planting interest meeting that you've heard about on Thursday, the October the 20th, in the West Cafe here. So if you're interested in being involved in leadership, um, of a campus or an aspect of leadership in a campus, um, then please come that night, at, at, whether it be in New Zealand or Auckland or overseas. No nation is off the radar. The reason for this meeting, let me explain very quickly to you, is this. About a month ago, I was, uh, God drew me back to Isaiah 54, and I thought, I know Isaiah 54. Enlarge the place of your tent, you know, stretch out, and da-da-da. And then the next word said, for you will expand. And it's God, God highlighted me on that and said, hold it, tuck." You don't get it. I said, well, God, what do I want to get? He said, you will expand. This is going to expand way more than you realize. I thought, oh, okay, okay, God. Because it says afterwards your descendants will inherit the nations. So then I'm traveling down to Rotorua about a month ago, praying, been praying for about an hour. After now, the presence of God comes into the room, into the, into the car. And I'm praying about the acceleration of expansion of campuses. And the Holy Spirit speaks to me and says, Tark, this expansion of campuses will go worldwide. I thought, whoa. I, I was surprised, probably not shocked. I wasn't expecting it, I wasn't looking for it. Our first, our second overseas campus, we've already got one, remember, Tuvalu, will actually start early next year. In another nation, we'll give you more information on that uh, when we're ready to. All right. But not only that, when I was in Pakistan talking to Bruce Hills after the conference, he mentions a nation in Asia. As soon as he mentions that nation, my spirit just goes alive. And it's like the spirit says to me, you will also have a campus in that nation. It's going to spread, friends, far and wide. You see, God's brought the nations to New Zealand. And he's going to send the nations from New Zealand as well. Wait and see what the Lord will do. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I tell you, it's pretty exciting. This is our time, church. This is your time. Tell the person next to you, this is your time. Mm. It's your time, man. Don't wait for another year or another day or another... It's, It's here, it's now. It's the opportunity of a lifetime. You really don't want to miss it. You know, you've got an opportunity to be a part of the team that helps change this nation and the nations of the world. Imagine being that, a global minister, impacting the world, this nation, and beyond. That's the, that's the invitation God is giving you. Invitation He's giving me. I've grabbed it with both hands. I said, God, if you're offering me that, I'm, I'm in. Count me in, boots and all. But I encourage you, count yourself in. You know, live for something much bigger than yourself, you'll suddenly find fulfillment. You'll find satisfaction. You'll find God will start to meet with you and encounter you, provide for you, bless you. You know, you seek first His kingdom, which is New Zealand and the nations. He says, I'll add everything else to you. Some of us want everything added to us first, and then we're going to seek His kingdom. God said, no, it works the other way around. Put God first, New Zealand and beyond, and God will start to bless you and minister to you. We must pursue what God is speaking with passion, prayer, and faith. We've got to bring this elephant fully to birth. The Trust Arena is not just to accommodate the the delegates. It's also a statement that this is a new era of conquest, and God is ready to pour out His Spirit on New Zealand and beyond and upon our nation and nations. In Jesus' name, amen.